Welcome to the T. Leroy Jefferson Medical Society Helping the Helpers podcast, sponsored by Be Well PBC. Be Well PBC's mission is to bring together stewards from every corner of our community. That includes residents, system leaders, providers, businesses, faith-based organizations, youth, and parents to lead the change they want to see in their families, their schools, their workplaces, and their cities. And so we are honored to be here and to be a part of that change. I'm your host, Dr. Debbie, founder of the Life Support and Production nonprofit, the Protective Factors Group. As a licensed marriage and family therapist, I'm a proud member of T. Leroy Jefferson Medical Society. And the T. Leroy Jefferson Medical Society is a professional organization that focuses on helping underserved populations in our community. T. Leroy Jefferson Medical Society provides health education programs, youth mentoring programs, speakers on various mental health issues, as well as an annual health fair, which includes medical screenings and mental health wellness questionnaires to school children and also adults. We also provide scholarships for deserving students and other healthcare, education, and youth development services. As dedicated minority healthcare professionals, we actively work together to improve health and wellness, access to quality care, and academic and career opportunities for underserved populations. Today's podcast is called Prescription for Refresh and Reboot During a Pandemic with a focus on self-care. Oh yeah, we're going to indulge and hear from three incredible doctors on personal techniques, fun places, and even intriguing ideas for self-care. So let's get to know them. Welcome, Dr. Pierre, Dr. Martine, and Dr. Duplass to the podcast. So welcome everyone. We're just gonna take a moment to hear a little bit about yourself and your passion. What's your area of specialty? Dr. Martine, we'll start with you. Yes. So I'm Dr. Martine Sonatas. I'm a board certified family nurse practitioner and psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. And I am passionate about people, mental health, and wellness in general, and holistically caring for clients. So in my practice, I became a family nurse practitioner. And while working as a family nurse practitioner, I recognized a lot of these psychiatric um, disorders were directly linked um, with some primary care concerns. So I decided to pursue um, a degree in mental health. And that's how I got my doctorate. And while doing that, I, I came across substance abuse, um, inpatient um, psychiatric disorders. And um, from there, I opened my practice. And here we are. We integrate mental health, primary care, and wellness. Dr. Duclos? Okay. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Dr. Reynold Duclos, Jr. I'm a South Florida product, Miami raised, um, board certified anesthesiologist for the past 12 years. Um, currently, um, working as a, uh, part-time physician working on my passion, which is, um, talking about emotional eating and food addiction, fasting, metabolic health. Um, and I'm also passionate about, uh, music and mental health as well. Um, which is actually related to um, our relationship with food. And um, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Of course, and uh, Dr. Pierre. Hi, uh, everybody, I'm Dr. Barry Pierre. I'm a board certified internal medicine specialist. I'm a practicing hospitalist physician. And I like to say my passion is really taking care of patients and furthering this you know, great you know, passion of profession of medicine. So not only do I work with mentorship, it's very 
keen uh, on my radar. I love working with medical residents. I love working with medical students and even pre-med students uh, to try to get more and more physicians like myself in our profession. So because our show is all about self-care, we want to know what's your one go-to regarding self-care? Dr. Martine? Yes, so definitely um, as a provider who's constantly, you know, taking care of others, um, listening to their uh, mental health concerns and their primary care concerns throughout the day, I always make sure I am prayed up, number one. Um, My spiritual and mental wellness comes first so that I can also be able to listen to um, my clients, um, pay attention to them and be present. I make sure that I take time out for myself, um, just wellness in general. I, I get my massages, I go out um, on my Peloton, um, I mingle with the communities, and I go on retreats, vacations. So I make sure I am well so that I can be able to take care of others. Well, I love it. When I said go to, you were like, okay, I do this and this and this and this. And that's what we want. We want people to know you can have multiple things that you can go to that helps you to reboot and to refresh. And what about you, Dr. Douglas? Uh, my go to uh, right now is just my uh, my pandemic uh, hobby that I picked up. And I call it that because, uh, you know, prior to the pandemic, I never played a lick of piano. And, and now that's pretty much all I do. I really picked it up because specifically of the pandemic stress and uh, you know I just found some peace in a you know new challenge and something that was different um, you know it's not scientific it's just artistic it just sort of help you know helps me to tap into a different part of my my brain and uh, you know focus on a challenge that's not you know life-threatening or <laughs> so serious it's just a personal challenge and it helps me to mentally escape. And it's fun. And I get to share, you know, the, uh, you know, hobby with my friends and family. So it's, and, it, and it's been long lasting. So that's, that's kind of my thing right now. Wow. I must say that is so impressive. Um, most people had a lot, of course, we know going on during the pandemic, but for you to be able to say with everything going on, Hey, you know, tell myself how to play the piano. <laughs> Learn how to read music. I know your parents must be proud. They have a doctor and a musician. So I love it. I love it that you were able to make the most of the pandemic and you recognize how music can be so vital to your self-care. Very, very cool. And uh, Dr. Pierre, what about you? What's your go-to for self-care? Family has always been one of those centering pieces in medicine. When I was a medical resident, before I had my first child, um, it was all about going to work, seeing patients, and then going home to get ready for the next day. And when my daughter was born, it was like that sole reason, like now I actually, uh, obviously don't let my wife hear this, but like I had a great reason to go home. It was one of those things where I was happy, I was excited to leave work so I can see my daughter. And after two more kids, it's just become a centering piece, especially with kind of the madness around medicine, that I can go home and just be dad, just be husband, and, you know, really kind of block out the outside world. And Dr. Pierre, what was it like serving during the pandemic? How did you protect yourself? <sighs> the pandemic was, I, I always I always break it down in stages. When it first occurred, when it first, when they first realized how serious this thing was, it was very introspective because here I was, we, we talk about kind of going into a burning building and the sickest of the sickest patients were coming to see me. And here we are, we're dealing with a disease that we don't even really know what it is, what it's going to do, how it's going to affect people, especially as, as a hospitalist physician, I took care of the first patient out of Wellington Regional Medical Center who was diagnosed uh, with COVID. And we were all in, you know, hazmat suits and everything just to try to figure out like, all right, what are we gonna do for this patient here? And like, we had, I had a lot of my colleagues, even myself start questioning like, all right, is this something I really wanna do? Like, is this something I really signed up for? 
but as the pandemic continued to progress and as families and uh, loved ones and colleagues were lost, it even drove home the point that, no, this was this is why I'm here, uh, to take care of everyone in any situation. So it really solidified my love for medicine. But I can tell you, it was definitely tough, um, you know, dealing with this uh, a disease process, dealing with just really the whole world changing around you. And you didn't really have time to process it because you had to take care of the next patient. So uh, protecting myself during the pandemic was uh, multifaceted. I talk about what grounds me, which is family. So first I had to make sure my family was taken care of. So I remember uh, talking to my wife saying like, hey, we need to get this life insurance stuff taken care of. We need to get these trusts and kind of these kind of the business aspect because I always had to plan for the possibility that something in this pandemic may take me out. And I wouldn't, you know, it, it would hurt my soul knowing that I didn't leave my family well protected. So understanding that, just kind of like, all right, let me make sure the family is good. Let me make sure the family is straight uh, was extremely key. And I remember, especially in the beginning where, like, I, like, first, I couldn't even, like, go in the house unless I went through, like, this kind of cleaning session that my wife would do. So we had to Lysol everything. My clothes would stay in the garage spray everything down. I'd have to go run right up to the shower. Like it was like my wife wanted to make sure like whatever I was going to work with did not come home to the family because that was a big issue for me. Like I wanted to make sure if I'm going to take care of patients, if I'm going to be in the thick of things, you know, wearing my N95 mask, uh, wearing my hazmat suits and everything, I wanted to make sure that whatever was there, I left over there. So it, it was, it was an interesting uh, scenario kind of going through the stages of not only protecting myself, but more importantly, protecting my family and, and those around us. And I remember like, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a very big outside person anyway, but I became very in, you know, uh, in-house homebody like, because not only did I have to think about, all right, let me make sure I protect my family, but I actually, all right, let me make sure I protect my friends. Like I can't go around my friends because my friends don't necessarily have the experience of being around COVID patients left and right, but I do. And I would, I did not want to, again, maybe selfishly be responsible for giving them COVID. I didn't want to, for them, for them giving their family members COVID because they got it for me. So I, I told my friends, I told my family members, hey, you're not going to see me like for a while. We can, you know, social media, we can use social media to talk to each other, but I'm not going around people because I have to insulate myself. Uh, from you guys, as well as has to protect you and protect myself. What have you seen shift due to the pandemic? Um, well, from the perspective as an, of an anesthesiologist, what I have seen shifted was um, basically the mentality um, around work-life balance, um, you know, uh, in medical, uh, you know, medical education, um, that balance is not really, um, you know, promoted or focused on. And uh, I think the pandemic gave a lot of people time to think about priorities in life and, uh, you know, what was important to them um, and, you know, how much they were willing to risk um, for the sake of their uh, career. Um, and also just, you know, the stark realization that life is short, you know, when you are faced with patients um, before the vaccines, uh, they were literally dying every day. And that's not um, with exaggeration, you know, every day in the hospital, you hear codes and, you know, a patient that you might have just taken care of um, die just because, you know, you didn't really have all the solutions and answers. Um, that just makes you think, you know, about, you know, your, your own frailty, your own, uh, you know, life and, and how limited and precious it is. And uh, it just uh, it's something we should have, you know, realized before, but I think the pandemic made it more stark. So, you know, finding... Uh, you know, balance between, you know, work and, and, and enjoying your family and friends who were actually getting COVID and, and, and also at risk of, of, of perishing. So it's just these questions uh, really um, reshaped us uh, permanently. Um, I don't think maybe not just anesthesiologists, but I think a lot of healthcare professionals in, in general probably had to face those questions. Very well said. And thank you for giving us um, a real picture of what you experienced and also recognizing that impact um, for not just your patients, but even your family and friends. And so um, hearing what all of you have noticed from your different work areas regarding 
the impact of stress. Uh, I want to see what do you recommend or keeping in line with our topic, prescribe in keeping a refreshed body, mind, and spirit. What's the prescription for today? Dr. Martine, we'll start with you. And then Dr. Duplass, you can follow. Yes, absolutely. So I would definitely say my help comes from the Lord. Knowing God, um, being daily in his word, having that connection with him. Um, that's my main anchor. Um, physically, you know, staying active, making sure I get exercise at least three times a week, having good friends around, good connections, um, good sources of professional and social connections are very important for me. And just recognizing, you know, life is short and we have to utilize the moment, the time now to make the best of it. Thank you, Dr. Duplass. What about you? What's your prescription? What would you recommend in terms of people really helping um, themselves holistically, body, mind, and spirit? Um, well, my prescription would be based on what I've prescribed for myself, um, you know, which is a true uh, sign of, 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 of faith in the uh, <laughs> treatment. Um, one of the things that I did and I still continue to do is I disconnected. Um, I tried to disconnect as much as possible from always keeping up with, with the news. Um, you know, the pandemic kind of forced us uh, initially to always be watching the news on a day-to-day, minute-by-minute basis. And if you don't get out of that habit, it just kind of leads to this constant anxiety and angst that you carry with you. Um, your body kind of keeps score, so to speak. So you take that with you to work. You take that with you with your relationships, um, you know, with your colleagues, with your family members, uh, your personal life. Uh, so I, I definitely prescribe disconnecting, not always trying to uh, keep up day to day. Just, um, you know, it's good to stay abreast, but to have this constant need to, to you know, have the information uh, about the latest uh, crisis or tragedy. It's just, you know, you're not going to get away with it. You know, the, the mind and body are just so interlinked um, and people have to understand that. Um, and I would say besides disconnecting um, from technology and, and the news hysteria, I would say reconnect with uh, relationships that um, are important to you, right? So with all the free time that you now have, because you're not watching the news all the time, you know, start making phone calls, you know, start planning activities um, with, uh, you know, friends that you haven't seen in a while. So disconnection, reconnection. And the third thing I would say is by introspection. Um, you know, um, this is a time to kind of, you know, reevaluate who you are, what you want out of life, where you want to go. Um, and, uh, you know, you can find a real sense of peace and happiness when you truly understand yourself. So I, I, I do think the whole self-growth uh, mindset and, and mentality is more popular. I hear the term more often now, you know, people are really understanding the importance of that. So, so yeah, that would be my, that would be my prescription, you know, disconnection, uh, reconnection and introspection. Oh, I hope that our listeners out there have a moment to really hold on to what you have prescribed, making sure that they take time to see where they need to disconnect who they may need to reconnect with, and then are they truly giving themselves time for their own personal introspection? And so as we move forward, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go a little deeper with each of you personally, because we really want our listeners to see the day in the life or in hearing your lived experience, maybe they will connect and see that they're truly not alone. Um, As medical professionals, sometimes we carry the most stress, uh, but don't always follow our own recommendations. And so the next question actually has three parts. Um, And because it's for all of you, I want you to take some time to think about what does this look like? And why is this important for our listeners to be aware of? And so for the first one, we're going to kick it off with learning about what was life like for you during the pandemic, considering your work demands or responsibilities. So what was it just for you personally? Not what you noticed in your patients, your family and friends, but for you. 
Dr. Martini? Yes, thank you. So for me, during the pandemic, life was hectic because it was at a point in time where I had the opportunity to implement, you know, certain things within my practice, um, the COVID vaccines, the testing. I mean, my staff and I, we were out and about testing our community, um, making sure we were connecting with political figures to ensure that our community was not left out, the Black, the Yellow, the Haitian, the Jamaican, that we had access to resources and that we were getting tested, we were in the know and we were getting treatment. So I was busy. But what I did do, I did implement certain things, you know, getting somebody to clean my house, having more help in the household to manage that and having more staff in the office to help me with that, hiring other registered nurses, having other providers there. So yeah, there was a lot of demands, a lot of responsibilities, but I was able to manage and now that I'm looking back, I say, wow, that was hectic and that was a lot, but I made it by the grace of God. All right. Amen. Dr. Martin, um, lovely to hear the action you took to delegate, to recognize, you know what? I need all hands on deck at home and at work. So that's a form of self-care as well. Making sure um, if you don't have time to cook and clean, yes. Hire someone, um, find who can deliver, who can support you while you're still supporting others. Um, what about you, Dr. Dukla? Um, I definitely would co-sign um, what Dr. Senatus uh, said. Uh, we probably add that to the, we can add that to the list, automation. <laughs> um, you know, when you don't have a lot of time, you know, um, when you're, you know, not just as a healthcare worker, but, you know, just daily modern life, you have to find ways to get things done with less <laughs> energy and angst and stress, right? You know, we, we live in this modern world. We have Amazon, we have, you know, auto bill pay, use all the tools available. <laughs> I definitely recommend it. Um, so I definitely uh, subscribe to that. Um, life for me personally, um, Specifically, as an anesthesiologist who was working at a, a level two hospital, um, I wasn't necessarily in these, um, you know, New York hospitals that were, that were getting the, the huge waves of COVID. I mean, we, we had a wave that definitely saturated our ICU, um, but not to the point, um, you know, where we were on CNN headlines um, or whatnot. So our reality was a little different. Um, because as, as an anesthesiologist, we depend on a lot on uh, outpatient surgeries or get elective surgeries, right? And those elective surgeries are pretty much our bread and butter cases and what we, um, you know, subsist on and, and that's how we make a living. So when, you know, the pandemic um, led to elective surgery cancellations, you know, although your primary concern is, you know, are your patients, your, you know, your family, um, your colleagues, there was a little element of, uh, you know, so survival worry, you know, like, how am I going to pay my bills? Um, because there was talk about, you know, the company having to lay off physicians, um, cut salaries, which we actually ended up doing to, to, to help the company survive. So we had to take, you know, pay cuts. Um, we'd say, we'd say some, pe some people say involuntarily or voluntarily, um, depending on how you look at it. Um, but, you know, that was a reality that you never would have expected to have faced, right? You know, you're supposed to be, uh, you know, you're a doctor, you have health, you know, you have job security and, and then you kind of, you know, hang your hat on that. And then the pandemic just flips everything on its head. You're like, wow, um, if we don't have elective surgeries for a whole year, <laughs> I'm going to be, uh, you know, jobless, right? Um, so it actually was a big worry, you know, um, and we didn't know, you know, day to day what to expect. So you were grateful for any case. And it kind of, you had, a, like for me personally, I had like a sense of guilt about it. You know, like I don't want someone to need surgery, right? Um, you know, ideal world, we want everyone to be healthy, right? But at the same time, you're like, well, you know, this is how I make a living. So I, I do need surgeries to kind of, to occur, right? So it's just kind of this in-between mental state. <laughs> um, 
And so that was that was that was actually you know at the forefront of our mind a lot. And another thing um, specific to anesthesia was, you know, because COVID was a respiratory condition or you know the contraction um, rate for anesthesiologists and dentists, you know, or practitioners who had to deal with the airway was high. You always had this personal sense of of stress about getting it right. You got it. You couldn't work. You got it. You were worried about surviving, right? You, you know how the patients were doing, and and doctors are, you know, whether they like to admit it or not, are human, and and we were getting reports of doctors who did pass away, right? Doctors who passed away, or or such and such doctors' parents passed away. It was it was hitting home, you know, and in a way you felt like almost like a civilian because as a, as a doctor you feel like you can control disease and. And prevent it but then this virus comes along that we don't know much about it's, the information's changing day to day and you feel like just one of the members of the general public just kind of you know flying by the seat of your pants and hoping you can avoid you know the dangers even though you don't have all the answers and whatnot um so but it, you know from anesthesia perspective you know they're you know we were trying to uh figure out the best way to keep all of our practitioners safe you know, not kept the virus, even though we still had to intubate patients and, and, and you know, give ventilation, um, move them from the operating room to the ICU, you know, transporting, um, still had to take care of obstetrical patients who, wanted, who needed epidurals and, and C-sections, and they, they might have been COVID positive. You know, it's hard to have a baby in a hazmat suit, you know. <laughs> it's like no one had a manual for any of this stuff. You were just kind of figuring out on the fly. So that was kind of uncertainty on, on multiple um, fronts. Before we head to the next question, I'm going to give Dr. Pierre an opportunity to respond as well. Dr. Pierre? I think especially with medicine, medicine does a great job at really taking 100% of the energy you're going to give it and then asking for more. So I think when you're thinking about, all right, how do I stay fresh? How do I stay focused? How do I avoid this aspect of burning out within medicine? It's always about, all right, why are you doing this for it? Understanding, like, what is your safety valve? What is your outlet? For me, it was always about family. It was always about being able to go home, talk to my wife, talk to my kids, play with them, and understand that I don't have to be uh, Dr. Pierre around them. So that was always a forethought from a mindset-related standpoint. Like, what can I do that continues to center myself, ground myself? Because I have a lot of colleagues who medicine is the centerpiece of their life, unfortunately. And I say it unfortunately because it drives so much energy towards it that they, they let other stuff down the wayside pass by. And I always wanted to make sure like, hey, medicine, yes, it's my profession, but it's also my job, but it's not my life. And I think for a lot of physicians, medicine has became their life or became their life so that when you have a pandemic, of epic proportions, as we've seen over these past couple of years, it became all too consuming and everything kind of fell by the wayside. So when I talk to my medical students, when I talk to my medical residents, even my pre-meds, I say, hey, make sure you have some hobby, something that you do outside of medicine, because you're going to need that stopgap. You're going to need that release valve to kind of decompress to let you get you to the next day. And so thank you, Dr. Pierre. Um, Really glad to get an opportunity to hear what was life like for you and your family at home. And as we think about the home atmosphere, I want to know for Dr. Martine and Dr. Duplass, what was it like balancing that atmosphere? What was life like for you during that time, just at home? So we're no, no longer talking about work. Just wanting to hear what was that like? <laughs> well, I, I like to say I have two homes, um, my personal home and my mom's home. Um, was, I am the primary caretaker for mom. Mom um, is older. She's 79, has end-stage renal disease, diabetes, very ill. So one of my concerns was because she's going to dialysis so frequently that she would contract um, COVID. So um, in her home, she eventually did. Um, so I had to take a, a month off to take care of her. And that was a time where 
that was very sad for me because um, I'm her primary caretaker. And anytime there's something going on with, on with her, I'm always in the hospital. And I'll tell you all that, you know, when I'm in the hospital with mom, all this medical stuff goes, it's out. Okay. I'm crying and I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, it's, it's, it's a different experience. It's the daughter mode, you know, but I always make sure, you know, um, I speak with the doctors. I know what's going on and she gets the best care, but there's always that, that daughter mode that comes out. Um, so she was sick. She did contract COVID. I took care of her for a month, but I was sad. You know, like when you talk about depression, I was like really sad. I wasn't on social media. You know, I love Facebook. <laughs> I was not on Facebook. I was not talking to anybody. I thought this was it because mom is very sick, you know, and I was just, I had to carry her literally because she was so weak. Um, and get her, you know, I, I did, we did have AIDS, but they're not there 24 seven. So I'm there, you know, getting her up, making sure she's okay. Not sure what was going to happen to her. You know, it was a very hard times, difficult times, but by God's grace, she made it, you know, and she's here, um, healthy, alive. Um, and she has her own place, you know, she lives in a condo, um, and I'm there frequently. So same thing, you know, even now I just try to keep her, you know, healthy so she doesn't contract. Because COVID is still here. You know, COVID is not gone. You know, there are people still getting COVID. So we have to remember that. In my home, um, it's myself and my daughter. So she was okay. She was in school. Um, a lot of her studies she was doing online. Um, she also works with me at the office. So she was right there with me you know, doing a lot of the administration paperwork for the patients that were getting tested um, and being vaccinated. So I just made sure she was safe wearing PPE. We had certain procedures and she was following that. So I'm grateful that I didn't contract it, COVID, and she didn't contract it either. But that was my experience within my home, you know, with COVID. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Dr. Martine. How beautiful to learn a new side of you and for you to share your view as a caregiver. I think that's so important for us to recognize that um, as professionals, as leaders, our home life can look really different and we can be supporting multiple generations, whether it's children, um, husband, the grandparents. And so we have to recognize that that too can impact our well-being and we have to be really intentional around self-care as a result. So thank you for sharing and glad that you and your daughter well. Dr. Pierre, what about you? How did you balance um, your home atmosphere and what was life like during that time? So for balancing my home atmosphere was extremely important for me, but I could I'd be lying if I said it was all on me. Uh, my wife was a great, great barometer because she wouldn't allow medicine to override or overcome what we needed to do within our family. She's she's very big on making sure that even if there's times where I'm trying to like, all right, let me let me just do this medicine thing. Let me just get this last note in. Like, no, like it's about the family. So she is a, such a great barometer for me and keeping me centered uh, whenever like I start to try to waver because if, if it's up to me, especially because I love medicine. So I, I always tell patients, I always tell my family members, like, I don't treat this as a job. It's not difficult for me. It's not hard work for me. I actually love doing what I do. I could do it every single day of the week and not really think about it. But thankfully for her, she's always thinking about it. So she keeps me like, hey, like, all right, you, you, you're good enough. Let's, let's relax. Put the computer down. Put the notes down. The patients will be there the next day. So I, I definitely have to thank my wife on uh, keeping me centered. And sometimes we need that outside force especially for those of us who really love what we're doing and love doing it, you know, paying us or not paying us, we would do it anyways. Uh, sometimes you need an outside force to kind of like knock us on our head. Thank you. And Dr. Dupas, for you, we know that you learned how to play the piano. Incredible. I'm still like, wow, <laughs> just playing piano during the pandemic. Um, but how, how else did you balance your home atmosphere? And um, what was life like for you during that time? 
Um, you know, I, I would say I was, I was pretty lucky and privileged from that standpoint. Um, you know, I had a, uh, um, partner who was very, uh, supportive. She was in the, uh, uh, healthcare industry as well and had to deal with the same issues the pandemic brought, you know, upon us. And we shared that together. Um, although it brought some, um, angst from the perspective of because we were both healthcare professionals and, I guess you would say doubling our potential risk of getting COVID. Um, it kind of placed us in a little cocoon where you were afraid to visit your, you know, your family members. I mean, we weren't supposed to be visiting family members anyway, you know, depending on the recommendations at the time. Um, but obviously that makes reconnection difficult, but you, you're still concerned about, you know, your elderly family members, like my mother, um, who was at high risk of, uh, of contracting COVID or, 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 you know, I was worried about that. So, I wanted to kind of keep checking in on her, but I didn't want to be responsible for giving her um, COVID, right? And, you know, someone who was at high risk of contracting it and anesthesiologist, and it just didn't make sense for me to just, you know, start checking on family members and just, <laughs> you know, making them sicker because I'm trying to, you know, be a hero or whatnot, right? So it's like this, you know, weird, uh, you know, balance of the two um, concerns. Um, but, you know, my home life was really um, stable just because of, you know, just a mutual understanding of, of, of the stress that, you know, pandemic brought on someone who works in the hospital. Um, so I am lucky from that standpoint. And like, you know, as you said, the music just, um, it's an endeavor that is really uh, all encompassing and it gives you, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, means to fill in blank time, you know, which I think some, sometimes a lot of people struggle with what to do with free time, right? You know. Maybe they're not working anymore or they don't have as much opportunities to engage in activities they used to before shutdowns. And now it's like, what do you do with, with all this, you know, dead air time? So um, I think I had answered that question earlier than most, which was helpful. Well, I thank you for sharing what your home life was like. And I hope for our listeners, if any of them can connect with what you share, that hopefully they see that there is light on the other side. And that is the purpose of this podcast, to make sure that we bring some love and some laughter to a time that was very, very hard for not just medical professionals, but as you said, for every family here in America, in Florida, and in our community um, in Palm Beach County. And so we're gonna end with um, getting some more insight from the three of you. What helped you find a frequency to be fully present for both your home life and your work life? And what do you think really helped refresh you? Dr. Martini? Yes, thank you. Um, I believe uh, an attitude of gratefulness and being humble. Um, having experienced these different situations um, with COVID, it just makes you realize, you know, how blessed you are to be who you are, where you're at, what you're doing, where you live, your family, what you have. It just, when you come out of it, it's an experience alone within itself. And it, it changes you. Well, it changed me as a person. Um, so that attitude of gratefulness and humility um, gives me that balance and um, being able to focus. You know, it's, it's not all about you all of the time. You know, I think we live in a society and culture of selfishness. And I think that experience with the pandemic helped us to press the reset button. Hey, you know. That self-centeredness has to go. We have to be there for each other. Um, we have to be able to uh, take care of each other and just to be present and talk to people also. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So we're going to lead with gratitude from Dr. Martine. Dr. Pierre, what about you? Can you share with us your thoughts as we close today? One, I, I would say trying to learn from, I don't want to say the mistakes of my colleagues, but, you know, just seeing some of the trials and tribulations that they face. Um, as older physicians, I'm, I'm fairly young 
uh, in my medical profession. I'm, I, I'm class of like 2011. So I'm fairly young, right, in, in my journey as a medical profession, as a physician. And I, I watch my other colleagues who, who are older than me, but dealing with just the stress of just going all in on medicine and letting other things fall by the wayside uh, in regards to their personal hobbies, uh, their friends, their families. I've, I've seen so many instances where, you know, you know, divorce occurs because they're just so focused on this aspect of medicine and taking care of patients that they let the family stuff go by the wayside. And I'm big on learning from others' mistakes instead of having to copy uh, and do over on my mistakes. So I only need to see like that issue happen a couple of times to other people and say, all right, I'm not going down that road. So I think that was a big barometer for me, just kind of seeing. And, you know, there were mentors as well, too. They would tell me, say, hey, Barry, like, we know you love doing this thing, um, but you, you got to relax. You got to find, you know, what makes you happy all around especially as you know, burnout continues to become a consistent and persistent problem within medicine, that it's, it's not just affecting those doctors who've been out for 10, 20 years. Like, no, if I got doctors who are my age, who've been out of residency for less than five years, they're talking about like, all right, what am I going to do next? And it usually when they're saying, what am I going to do next is like, they're ready to kind of put medicine to the wayside. And I knew I wasn't ready to put medicine to the wayside, uh, but I wanted to make sure that because of you know what I, whether it be family, whether it be other personal hobbies, that there were things I loved doing just as much as I loved doing medicine. So I didn't necessarily feel compelled not to do them. And finally, Dr. Douglas, last but not least, what helped you find a frequency to be fully present? Um, I think to feel fully present, you have to learn to not um, focus on the past and the future. Um, and I say that because, you know, the pandemic just brought this constant sense of uncertainty um, that for you to survive, you had to learn to live with that, that sense of uncertainty. And I think you know, for myself as a healthcare professional, you, you kind of go through your life, you know, going, you know, walking through, uh, jumping through certain hoops. You have a plan for your life. Um, you're very goal oriented and you kind of create a vision for your future and you're focused on creating that future. But then the pandemic comes along and you see that you there are a lot of things you don't have control over. <laughs> you know, you cannot, you know, control all aspects of the future. So you do have to um, relish and cherish the present, right? If you're spending most of your time worrying about what the future is going to be like, you know, when am I going to retire or, or what's my, you know, next career move or, or, or what have you, um, you know, you get out of the sense of enjoying what you actually have or where you're at in the moment. Um, so I, I definitely think the, the, the pandemic helped me to, um, you know, refocus mentally on just enjoying you know, where I'm at now, because I, I literally, we don't know what's around the corner. We don't know if this is our last pandemic, right? We don't, there are things in life that happen that are grander than you know, any plan that we can create. So I think it, it forces you to really um, just enjoy the current moments and, and, and luck and good fortune you have at any moment in time. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today. I'm so grateful myself to have had the opportunity to host this and gain some insight to share with our audience. And on behalf of the T. Leroy Jefferson Medical Society, um, as we looked at this prescription for refresh and reboot during a pandemic with a focus on self-care, I hope our listeners were able to see that we truly are in a unique position to bring the healthcare needs of the community to the forefront, and also to create new protocol standards that will impact the future of healthcare. And so we want you to stay connected with our guests today. If you don't mind just sharing, um, how can the listeners get in touch with you? Dr. Martine? Oh, yes, absolutely. So my practice is called VIP Integrative Healthcare. We are located at 3600 Forest Hill Boulevard in Palm Springs, Florida, 33406. Our phone number is 561-909-8575. Five, 
5555. 561-909-8555. We are a primary care and psychiatric mental health clinic. We take care of patients uh, from nine years old and up, and we do medication management, psychiatric evals, primary care aspects, wellness, IV hydration, and we are here for you. Thank you, Dr. Martin. Dr. Duclas? Um, well, um, anyone who wants to reach me can reach me at my personal email, which is r-d-u-c-l-a-s-j-r at gmail.com. Um, or if they're interested, they can check out my website, which is just a personal passion project of mine that I um, have been working on during the pandemic as well. Um, I've struggled my whole life with, uh, you know, emotional eating and, and, and weight loss issues. And this is something that I found dealing with my patients and family that a lot of people struggle with. So it's become a passion of mine to talk about the topic. And as a physician, I realize how important food is to our health. And in the pandemic, you know, we realized, you know, how obesity was a big risk factor. Um, so if anyone wants to check out um, my website, it's, it's butilovefood.com, B-U-T-I-lovefood.com. And there I kind of talk about, you know, just some of the, you know, issues that just pop in my mind about food. And uh, I talk about fasting, talk about metabolic health. Um, it's a work in progress, but um, it's definitely something that... Um, I'm passionate about, and I'm going to be delving into uh, much deeper as I enjoy my free time now as a per diem physician. <laughs> what a conversation we've had today as we wrap. We want to make sure if there's anything else on your mind, any recommendations in terms of self-care or just best practice, please, please, let's share that with our viewers. Um, I want to advise the listeners to reflect on the fact that mental health and physical health are not necessarily two separate uh, entities. Our mind and our body are so intertwined um, that we should just consider it, um, consider them equal. It's just health. Um, there's not a thought that goes in your brain that doesn't affect your body. Um, so I don't know why we separate it. Um, I think over time, um, you know, we should, we should focus on mental health so that people understand it's important to seek help. But over time, I think, you know, people, uh, as they see the importance of mental health, they'll just consider it uh, a basic need, a basic, um, you, know, uh, you know, venture in terms of getting healthier. You know, it's not going to be as taboo to uh, see a psychiatrist or get a therapist. It's almost going to be uh, a necessary uh, venture. And that's what I really hope people understand that taking care of your, your mindset, you know, how you think, you know, your thoughts are is equally as important as exercise and what you eat, if not more. Um, so I think the pandemic has helped accelerate that thought process. And I hope that continues because, um, you know, every day I see that um, being proven more and more, um, and even just taking care of my own mental health, I can see that um, it's, it's 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 so true. Um, I definitely recommend thinking about mental health as not any different or less than physical health. I would say my advice would be taking things day by day, um, being grateful for where you are, who you are, what you have. And um, being self-aware and being present, being actively involved in your community are some key things that I would definitely advise others to um, be able to look at these aspects of life. Um, I think for anyone who is listening, whether you're in the healthcare field, uh, either directly or indirectly affected by the healthcare field, understand that we have gone through a, a pandemic, right? Which is typically a once in a like a lot of us will not see another pandemic, knock on wood. And understanding that those colleagues, those who are on the fire, on the front lines, you know, the, even if they're, because we're very good at hiding our stress. Uh, a lot of us are stressed. A lot of us, um, you know, have internalized what we went through for the past few years. 
understand that they need, you know, that, that safety valve as well. They need you to kind of reach out and say, Hey, is everything okay? Even if it, on the outside, everything looks okay, because it's, it's definitely been traumatic uh, to watch friends and family members and colleagues, you know, you know, you know, succumb to this disease that, you know, unfortunately kind of came out of nowhere. So, you know, reach out, reach out to your healthcare providers. Um, and if, if, if you're, especially on the patient side, Make sure you are going to get those checkups, those wellness visits, all those things that you missed because of this pandemic. Because, you know, as as we move out of uh, this pandemic and I and, you know, even I put that in quotation marks as we move out of, you know, what we know of this pandemic, understand that, you know, hypertension is still here. Diabetes is still here. Strokes, heart attacks and all of these diseases that we kind of put on the wayside, they're around. And, you know, they're, they're, they're likely going to come with resentment. So, you know, make sure you take care of yourself as well as take care of your healthcare providers. Well, everyone, I hope you go out and support uh, Dr. Dupas' website, um, his passion project, and also Dr. Martin's primary care. Um, and you can check out uh, Dr. Pierre uh, on his podcast as well. Um, he's always talking about fascinating topics in the medical and healthcare field. And so to our listeners, it's truly been a joy to serve as your host. Um, I'm Dr. Debbie, and you can connect with me at my website, dmempowers.com. Again, that's www.dmempowers.com. The T. Roy Jefferson Medical Society is a membership organization made up primarily of African-American healthcare professionals, although membership is open to other healthcare professionals from any ethnic and racial background. So we invite you to learn more and become a member by visiting tljmedicalsociety.org. Sincere gratitude to Ewell PBC for sponsoring this podcast, and we hope you check out the entire series. Thanks for listening.